serving communities in northern and central Wisconsin and the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. This is Aspirus Health Talk with Melanie Cole. For millions of Americans with arthritis, the pain can affect every part of their everyday lives. My guest today is Dr. Mark Kelly. He's a board-certified orthopedic surgeon at Aspirus Keweenaw. Welcome to the show, Dr. Kelly. Tell us a little bit about arthritis. What is the definition? Because there are so many types and people don't really understand. Thank you. Good morning. Um, arthritis is a term and a diagnosis we use to describe inflammation of a joint. Um, it's a broad category of diseases, and there are really over a hundred types of arthritis and related conditions. Uh, it affects about 50 million adults in the United States and about 300,000 children, so it's really very prevalent, and in fact, it's the number one cause of disability in our country. Um, tends to affect women more than men and older people more than younger. And as you mentioned, there's a, a number of different uh, varieties, some of them uh, from just plain life and wear and tear, and some from perhaps some genetic and familial diseases that can cause different, uh, different types of joint disease and different types of disability. So when we speak about causes, do you see as one of the more common causes a genetic predisposition, wear and tear on the joints, or something like an injury that then causes this arthritic condition to pop up? Well, we're, we're starting to learn a lot more about the genetics. As with a lot of things in medicine, it's a, an area of very active study. So even in degenerative or wear and tear arthritis, we are seeing familial patterns and, and things that uh, grandma and grandpa had arthritis, and so the, the generation may skip or it may be pervasive through a family. Same thing with some of the inflammatory diseases. Uh, those are much more strongly linked to uh, genetic uh, threads and genetic conditions. And then there's a lot of other uh, things that, that are associated with uh, autoimmune disease that we're starting to see and identify some of the, the genetic characteristics. And then, of course, there's the post-traumatic. Uh, somebody has an injury even as a child, and 20 years later they can develop arthritis or uh, as a, a result of something that's very traumatic and, you know, right away it becomes a very uh, bad arthritic condition. So there's a variety of things uh, associated. Degenerative arthritis or the wear and tear arthritis is the most common form of arthritis that we see. So because of all these different types and there are immovable joints and some non-movable joints, how do you diagnose it? People feel pain in their spine, could be a lot of different things, their hands, wherever it is, their knees, their hips, I mean, in every joint possible. So how do you diagnose and what do you do as the first line of defense when you discover that somebody has one of these types of arthritis? Well, arthritis primarily is a, is a joint pain and joint swelling and joint deformity disease. So most people will come to you and say, my hand hurts, my finger hurts, my knee hurts, my shoulder hurts, whatever they're identifying or multiples of those hurt. Um, I get swelling or I'm stiff in the morning or uh, when I exercise and then later in the day I get uh, pain or swelling. And uh, identifying factors can be very important as far as morning stiffness can be associated more with rheumatoid arthritis. And later in the day, pain and swelling can be associated more with degenerative arthritis. So the patient's story is very important. 
and then, of course, just visualizing the patient, sometimes you can see some quite obvious changes that occur, uh, the knobby fingers or the bow-leggedness or the knock-kneedness that people have, or sometimes the curvature of the spine that can create some some various changes in people. And so without even getting too far into to knowing somebody in the office, you have a pretty clear idea by their description and then just some general observation, you know, what you may be up against, whether that's a degenerative versus an inflammatory type thing based on family history and things like that. So, so there are so many ads in the media for various anti-inflammatories and NSAIDs. And what do you tell people every day, Dr. Kelly, to do for their arthritis? Do you like ice do you like bracing? What do you tell them? Well, I think we as a population tend to forget about the the simple things and the easy things. And when we look at uh, treatment programs, we look at risk and benefit. And many of the low-risk things, like you mentioned, ice, heat, uh, some wrap, uh, you know, we those are easy things to do. And, and everybody's a little different. So I just tell people... Try and identify what works for you. If you're an ice person, use ice or use a combination of ice and heat. Uh, sometimes just a light ace bandage on a joint for, you know, a, a part of a day can make a dramatic difference in swelling and pain and allow somebody to do what they need to do. Um, some ap- activity modification figuring out, you know, if uh, moving around is helpful or actually resting and then maybe in the morning you get up and you stretch a little bit. You loosen up before you start your day or even before you get out of bed. So simple, low-risk things can be very, very effective. Regular physical activity, maintaining a healthy body weight. Sometimes, you know, if you're out for a walk and it's uneven ground and you have some arthritis, using a walking stick can be very, very effective. So these are all things that are just available to us without much risk, but very high reward. And and then we get into the over-the-counter, you know, there, there's anti- anti-inflammatories come in two categories, and those are the non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, the Motrins and the Naprosins and Voltarins and some of them you can get over the counter, and some of them you can get uh, through prescription. There's also Tylenol, which is not a very good anti-inflammatory, but it's a good pain reliever. So we try and get people into a safe, you know, low again, low risk, high reward. So Tylenol is a good place to start at a, the lowest, you know, doses that you can go up to about three grams a day. You can t- uh, safely take Tylenol. Uh, ibuprofen, Voltaren, Motrin, those over the, um, Naproxen over the counter. Again, people kind of indiscriminately will take those, but I think they're best taken for two or three days in a row to get a little bit of a, a level in their system and, and see how they feel and not get into the habit of just throwing a bunch of those into your system because they have definite risk as far as uh, gastrointestinal side effects particularly. And anybody who's taking any kind of blood thinner or other medications for blood pressure or uh, heart disease can really have some problems if they're not careful. So everybody really needs to be cautious about asking their doctor about that. Um, the, the steroid medications are primarily cortisone, and cortisone is a very effective medicine that I think has gotten a bad rap out there because people hear about all the side effects of cortisone, and there are, in fact, side effects of cortisone's misused. 
but there are people that really have to take cortisone almost every day to survive and be able to get around. But uh, for me, I use cortisone fairly indiscrim- or discriminately in, as far as injections, and I separate the injections by four months or or longer. Um, we can use cortisone topical cream sometimes for the hands and the fingers. Um, we can use cortisone tablets for a brief burst of anti-inflammatory, particularly in somebody that has a problem with some of the non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. So there's, there's very effective ways of using both of these uh, types of medicines as far as just being cautious and not just saying, go ahead and take this for the rest of your life or, or do this for this uh, period of time without judging whether it's working or not. What a great explanation, Dr. Kelly. And what about some of the other things that people can try? And as you mentioned, ice and heat and bracing and wrapping and all those things, besides the NSAIDs and cortisone injections, what about some of the complementary things, paraffin wax for the hands or exercise? Because some people are very confused as to whether exercise helps or hurts arthritis. There are definitely modalities, and, and also just to go back, I, I think um, there's some other products that people read about, glucosamine and chondroitin being one of the more common ones, and, and actually I think looking at the scientific data there, there is enough data to support taking that as an over-the-counter medicine as long as you know what you're buying and what you're getting, so you have to be very selective as far as the product goes. but. Uh, those can be very effective if you take it uh, over the course of a six-week period of time and you notice an effect, it's probably helping you. If not, it, just stop taking it. So uh, that's a, just a little caveat about glucosamine and chondroitin. The modality-based treatments, for example, the paraffin can be very, very effective, or just even moist heat can be very effective uh, in, in the hands particularly, but... Um, a moist heating pad. I'm a huge proponent of stretching. I think a lot of the uh, the joint forces, the, the joints get squeezed by tight muscles. The muscles are the motors that make these joints move, and if the muscles are tight, they're squeezing the cartilage together. So the more flexibility we have, the, the less compression there's going to be along that disease cartilage. So I try and get people to stretch and then move slowly and, and move uh, to a point where they can, they can tolerate it at a pace they can tolerate. Many people don't realize that if you have an inflamed joint and you take two or three days off from your regular exercise program, that really takes a lot out of you. And to go back and try and do that, you know, 10-mile bike ride after you've been off for three days is really detrimental. You really need to slowly get back into the program. So being cautious and listening to your joints um, with the realization that uh, exercise sometimes is better than rest. What a great way to put it, and so understandable for people, Dr. Kelly. In just the last few minutes, give your best advice for arthritis sufferers, what you want them to know about living with it, managing it, when it requires intervention, and why they should come to Aspirus Kiwana for their care. Well, obviously, there are many things uh, about arthritis that, that require education. So the first thing I would say is, is try and educate yourself about all of this um, you know, the the Internet can be a vast subject and, and it can take you a lot of places. But going to, for example, the Arthritis Foundation can be a very effective way of getting a general overview of, of what this is all about. Um, 
there's a lot of ways of preserving the joints that are, again, we mentioned fairly uh, simple lifestyle modifications that can be done. Um, I, I try and tell people that what you need to do is seriously look at how this is impacting your life and how it's impacting your day-to-day ability to do the activities of daily living you need to do, as well as your overall happiness, because pain, you know, obviously creates mood and people aren't happy. And so if, you, if you're starting to feel an impact on your day-to-day life that you can't manage through some of these simpler things, then it's time to sit down and talk with a doctor and, and a physician who treats arthritis. And, and oftentimes some of the primary care doctors are very familiar with it and can get you to the proper place, whether they feel a rheumatologist needs to do some diagnostic testing or whether they feel like just some plain x-rays may be able to be a place to start. And then going to a specialist, you know, I'm an orthopedic surgeon, but I also, you know, conservatively manage arthritis as well. But we try and, and work with the patient and say, how is this affecting your life? And ultimately, a lot of the treatment decisions are patient-based. These are the risks. These are the benefits. Here's where you have to be careful, and we'll, we'll walk you through this. And as it starts to affect your life more and more, we can be a little more aggressive with our treatments, including injections and perhaps, you know, arthroscopic surgery in some cases and joint replacement surgery as needed. But, again, those are patient decisions that should be made in conjunction with the surgeon. Thank you so much for being with us today. What great information. You're listening to Aspirus Health Talk, and for more information, you can go to aspirus.org. That's aspirus.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.